Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash nuclear revenge video. If you want to help this video blow up just a little bit like some of these stories, make sure to hit the like and subscribe buttons down below. Also, I've set up a channel membership, just in case you want to show your support and help keep storytime going for as long as possible. So if you love my videos or want to have your comments shown like this one by Phantasm, click the join button below this video. That said, our first story of the day is by Vemium. Steal off a psychotic Irish gypsy? You'll never be safe again. My town in England is rough. Very rough. There's a man that passes through every now and again who is, to put it bluntly, a psychopath. His name is Fergal and he's a gypsy, moves around a lot and disappears into the gypsy community. And if you even look at him wrong, he might stab you. Seriously, he's killed people. He has friends in town, drug dealers, felons, selling guns. I used to work in a shop that was owned by a drug dealer and Fergal always came in when he was in town for a cup of tea. Liked me and always called me Butterfly for some weird reason. My boss came in the shop one day and said that a well-known scruff, he'd sell his own mother and rob the dead, who we'll call Tez, had stolen Fergal's chain that had his beloved deceased grandmother's ring on it. Fergal was fuming. Fergal was coming back to town at his earliest convenience, but before he could, Tez was arrested for trying to rob the corner shop with a rolling pin. Fergal wasn't having that. He had told everyone that he was going to kill him because there was no way to get the ring back. Fergal did what any sane person would do. He seriously assaulted someone to get arrested. He made sure it was on camera and stayed until the police got there. He was arrested and put in the same prison as Tez. Fergal managed to stab Tez in the legs but told him that he wasn't finished. That he'd hurt him so badly that he'll think he's going to kill him but he won't. He will sometime definitely, but he'll never know when. This was three years ago and both are out. Tez has been beaten twice and he's moved town. Fergal knows where he lives and makes sure that Tez knows. Tez's brother said that he's terrified of Fergal and that he's scared of going out. Tez is a horrible person. He stole his mother's bank card and put her in debt with drugs, assaulted his pregnant girlfriend, and he left a one-year-old in the bath alone. She barely survived and has damage to her brain due to lack of oxygen. After going through the roller coaster that was this story with all of those details, was there truly a revenge in the end? It just kind of seems like bad guy one messing with bad guy two with really no real payoff coming out. Just kind of bad guy two being scared of bad guy one while going about their bad lives. Do you think this story properly constitutes as nuclear revenge? Let me know what you think in the comments down below. Our next story is by SmurfHunter99. They took our parking spot. Story begins a few years back. My mom and I made most of the important decisions for the house, which only included us and my brother at the time. And my brother can't even do his schoolwork, so he got dragged along for the ride. At the time, we were deciding where to move, as our current place was expensive and crappy, and I hated the school district. I voiced this to my mom, and we immediately left that district for a lower rent place, as my brother didn't like the district any more than I did, and all was well, for like, the first week. And then our neighbors showed up, only one really needs a name, so I'll refer to him as Roger. And Roger sucked. Our first interaction with him was him parking in our parking space. 
something that would become a frequent occurrence for him and his friends to do. This was a pretty big issue because the only other parking we could realistically use was three blocks away. So this definitely ruined my mom's day when it happened, and watching her mood get ruined by a jerk of a neighbor was never lovely. This adds up over time, so I decided to retaliate against them. First, in a small way. At the time, we were still thinking it would stop. So I did something small. I told my friend to park next to our spot and give our neighbors a taste of no parking. This didn't end well. Roger parked his car in and immediately threatened him with physical violence. My friend told him he wasn't local and if he let him out, he'd be on his way. After I told my mom about this, she insisted that this was our last straw. Our landlord wasn't doing crap to preserve our parking and our neighbors were threatening us with physical violence. Well, what the heck are we going to do? I asked my mom. We're gonna run the lease up, she replied, and call some friends. And call some friends we did overtime. Quickly, just because they incited our wrath by taking our parking spot, we did anything and everything we could to ruin Roger's life. Anytime we saw him, we would just smile and wave. He never knew we were behind any of this. My mom contacted one of her friends who was a sheriff. He mentioned he knew of drugs getting allegedly passed around in our neighborhood but didn't know who was doing it. He told her if we got enough evidence, they could stake out his house to grab more, and eventually that might lead to roping him in. Busting him with a drug dealer? That'd be sweet. We'd finally have parking back. So we set out to collect any and every piece of evidence we could. Audio of him screaming? Recorded. Weed smell through the walls. Times and locations written down. People parking in our spots? License plates noted down. I set up a camera to automatically record them coming and going too. We had a thick book of a paper trail on when and what this guy did in his house. About 10 months into this, my mom left me out of the loop. Still not sure why, but as I understand it, my logging of license plates immediately lined up and we found out Roger was the a-hole dealing drugs. Half of the license plates we had noted down had been arrested and searched and drugs were found. The cops were confident now. They had their guy and just needed a bit more evidence on him. This all came to a climax after Elise's long suffering. We had never used our parking spot, had walked five minutes away just to get in our god darn car, and had been threatened by and woken up by our neighbor repeatedly. And then, just four days before we were to move out, it happened. Six law enforcement cars swarmed his perimeter, four of which were police cars, two of which were from Child Protective Services. I saw the door get kicked down, the guy get dragged out in cuffs, along with his wife, and three kids removed from the household and driven in the other direction. To this day, nobody except my mom's sheriff friend, who was very grateful, knew of her involvement. And according to him, the guy got quite a few years and won't see those kids again. First of all, big props to Hunter 99 for even sharing this story. It was such a legitimately great story of how a mom and their kid went about getting a nuclear revenge against this dude that was a total jerk. Admittedly, OP said, if you're going to read the story, please don't self-censor. I definitely tried my best to do this story justice, and I hope it turned out alright. Our next story is by Frumpy Fungus. You shouldn't mess with an ant farmer. Some backstory, when I was about 11 or 12, I started getting hobbies which included rock collecting and ant farming. Important later, I also started babysitting my brother at the time. So it was a normal Saturday that consisted of me babysitting my little brother, taking care of my aunts. I was letting my brother play on my PS3 until the doorbell rang. I opened it and saw these annoying little kids that always asked if I could play. 
but every time I would say no. Normally they would just leave, but this time they just sat there and just kept on ringing the doorbell. It went on for about 10 minutes until it stopped. I thought it was over, until I heard them start giggling. They then started throwing rocks at my house, and they even cracked one of the windows. I opened the door, and they just knew it wasn't going to be good. Also, at the time, I was probably about 5 foot 9, so I was kind of scary. I walked outside and told them to go home, or I'll call the police. Fast forward two weeks, and it happened three more times. At this point, I was done playing around. I knew it was going to happen again, so at the side of my house where they were getting the rocks, I had accidentally spilled my fire ant geranium, with probably about 1,500 to 2,000 fire ants on the rocks. So the next day comes around and the little brats were ringing my doorbell, and I could almost taste the sweet, sweet revenge. After the ringing stopped, I heard the thuds of rocks hitting my house. All of a sudden it stopped, and I could hear them start to cry. I looked out the window and the little boy was sitting right on the rocks. They all ran home. Oh, but it's not over. Their mom came out of the house and over to mine. I put on my saddest face and told the mom, they broke my ant farm. After that, the mom gave me $10 and I never saw them again. I'm almost starting to feel bad, but they shouldn't have messed with my rocks. A few weeks later, they started doing things like taking toys from my backyard, ringing our doorbell, and stealing our rocks. I told their parents, but they just kept on doing it even after the fire ants. And this time, I was so mad I didn't hold back. I took one of my book bags and filled it with Legos, balls, dolls, etc. But that wasn't it. I had one of my subterranean termite farms and emptied it into the bag. I gently put my book bag in the grass and waited. I went to feed my brother lunch, and when I came back, it was gone. Fast forward a couple of months, and their house was on quarantine for the bug infestation. Karma is a witch. I also wasted almost $500 worth of bugs. Some might say termites and fire ants were light for these kids. Some people might say they prefer actual fire to fire ants for brats like that. Seriously though, how do these kids get a pass for throwing rocks at your windows and cracking them? These were actually really cool creative forms of revenge, but like, where's the police? Can't you call somebody about that? They were literally damaging the property. And our final story of the day is by Amazing Tom Grace. I got the call center shut down. When I was a freshman in college, I took my first job working for a large company, doing contract work to a partially owned subsidiary in the mobile phone industry. It was the 90s and the world of mobile phones was in its days of every local telco, still being separate from the divestiture when they broke up Mobile. You had tons of available companies to choose from instead of the big four and their MVNOs. Coverage maps looked like someone sneezed on them instead of the coverage you had now. There was no data, no text, and 100 voice minutes was enough for most anybody. It was the wild west in telecom. The job paid well enough and the hours allowed me to go to my classes. The job was fairly easy. We were tasked with activating new accounts. This required us to run credit checks and collect deposits when necessary. In the spring and summer, things were relatively calm. The only rule that really upset me was that we were not allowed to read anything outside the company intranet during downtime, and this meant I couldn't knock out coursework. No biggie. Come November, they wanted us to work more and more overtime to ramp up for the upcoming holiday season. This I could not do, as I was hanging on balancing a full course load in addition to working the requisite 40 hours. They instituted a demand for at least 10 hours overtime a week. 
We were a small part of the building as we took up less than half of one of the four floors and were the only company that was not a defense contractor. The contractors were all pretty cool, even if the MPs on floors 3 and 4 were a bit hard-butted, and they were nice to talk to on breaks. We had no room to expand. The office was also only open from 8 to 2. Because of the demand for overtime, they instituted desk sharing, but because they still didn't have enough desks, they couldn't seat everybody. I worked days, and they wanted me to stay until 7 p.m. This meant that the person with whom I shared a desk that would normally start at 1pm had no place to sit, and as they were also expected to work the overtime, that they would show up for 2 hours early and sit in the break room until I left. I couldn't understand why they would pay this guy 2 hours of base pay and 2 hours of overtime to sit in the break room and twiddle their thumbs but they determined that would be better than having me get out on time. Eventually, I had to tell them that I was quitting since I couldn't do the demanded overtime. I left and figured that was that. They called back two days after I left and asked if I would come back to work. I said I would on the condition that I would not be expected to work the overtime and they said we would talk about it when I came back in. I show up and they pull me aside and say that they're still needing me to do the overtime. I told them it was impossible and that there was no point to having asked me back if I had to work it. We were at an impasse, so I quit for the second time within a week. The company started asking for more and more overtime of the remaining employees. A bunch of these folks had families, and it was to their delight that they were being offered hundreds of dollars in bonuses for breaking certain overtime thresholds. Their kids would have the best Christmases of their lives, cars were being paid off early, and down payments for mortgages were racking up. Come January, the overtime is gone, as there is no need for it. People are settling back into their former routines and the payday arrives. From my friends that stayed working there, they said that the envelopes were opened and there were audible gasps coming from across the floor. Paychecks were being issued for zero dollars to a large number of employees. One got a paycheck for 15 cents. The shock quickly turns to anger and the floor erupts. Management came out and addressed everybody and told them that the bonuses they offered were not approved by the company and that the money had to be reclaimed. People were expected to work and collect checks for no money until the bonuses they were overpaid were paid back to the company and that anybody that left would be sued by the company for the outstanding balance. They even told one guy that he was lucky enough to have a job there at all since they normally only hired people with diplomas and he was a dropout without a GED. A number of these new employees were still friends and relayed all this to me. I had just started a new job working as third party support for a portion of the company to which I was previously contracted and did night hours to coincide with my new classes. I asked if they minded if I referred some contacts to them, if it would get this resolved and they said it was fine. I then spoke with a few people that I knew with the defense contractors who were able to refer me to friends that had worked with the IRS since they would be very interested, what with it kicking off a new tax year. I explained to the IRS what happened and provided them contact with my friends. One month later, after an investigation, the full force of the government came down upon the company. IRS came in and demanded to speak with everybody that made the decision to withhold pay from employees to rescind the bonuses. It was eventually determined that everybody above a certain level was complicit in the scheme and would be held to account by being forced out and facing potential jail time. 
The company was informed that all the monies would be repaid to those from whom it was taken. Anybody that quit so they could get a job that would give them a paycheck in the meantime was to be offered their job back and, should they refuse to take it, would be issued full-time back pay from the date of their departure. They also determined that the company would either have to fire all of those responsible or the company would be responsible for penalties that were obscenely high. The company thought they had the race in the hole when they said that without the managers being allowed to stay on, they would have to close the call center. They were informed that closing it was fine since the final stipulation was that all employees that were not involved in the scam would either be offered the chance to move to the offices they had a county over or would be offered very generous severance packages. The company opted to move the employees and shut the call center. Plea bargains were made. Everyone but the offenders went home happy. I definitely wouldn't be able to begin to describe the inner workings of how all of this works out legally. But if they thought they could offer bonuses and raises and overtime pay, and then at the very end, not pay any of it and even say, you have to work for us for free to pay off all that money we were going to pay you, they were inevitably in for a rude awakening. This company literally said, hey, you work overtime and we're going to give you all these bonuses and great overtime pay, and then tried to go, look at all this money we were going to pay you dot 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 you have to pay us this money back what kind of logic is that but with that being said that's all the time we have for today so of all these stories i've read today which is your favorite and why let me know in the comments down below and if you haven't yet if you could like and subscribe that would mean a lot to me whatever you do whether it's liking subscribing turning notifications on all of it helps grow this channel and i appreciate the heck out of it so until next time i'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories